I'm really excited, uh, and I feel very privileged to have on uh, former NFL running back, author, mentor, uh, entrepreneur, Mr. Prince Daniels Jr. Prince, welcome to Overcome Out Loud, man. Um, thank you for allowing me to be here. I'm very grateful for this opportunity and moment. Yeah, it's such a blessing. And, and, and Prince is the creator of the Game Beyond the Game program and the founder of 4LBU, For Life BU, really committed himself to mental health and well-being for underprivileged children and, and adolescents, as well as being a mentor, coach, and trainer through his, uh, his book, The Mind Mindfulness for the Ultimate Athlete, and lives by the slogan, which I love, nothing is impossible unless you truly believe, believe it is. And I think impossible has those two key words in there, which is I'm possible. And we're going to find out a lot more about how much you are possible of becoming. And, and so thank you. I, I mentioned before we got on how important this episode is to me, because I think, you know, when we see people that have had, you know, kind of dream careers, maybe been a professional athlete like yourself, who, who, who was an NFL running back. And I know your path there wasn't what everybody might might have thought it might have been. Um, but to be so courageous and speak about some of the challenges you had with your own identity and the tools that you've learned and now that you're actually teaching to other people, to me, to me, the vulnerability and courage that you epitomize is, is so important in our in our lives today and in, in, in the world today. So I just, you know, I applaud you personally for, for what you're doing and how you're doing it. And, and I'm really excited about learning from you today and having people understand some of the to skills and tools you've developed to, to help yourself, to help others. So we're going to get into it, man. So where did it all start for, for you, Prince? Well, it started in Houston, Texas. I was born there in Mississippi. I lived there for quite some time for most of my adolescent years. And then we moved to back to Houston uh, during my teen years. And I lived with my mother uh, and my stepfather and my siblings um, all the way up until 13, 14. Then my dad um, asked my mom, you know, allow for my son to come stay with me. My dad is from another country. He's from Ghana, Africa. So uh, his upbringing was completely different than the one that I was familiar with. And so I got this austere uh, uh, learning of, of, of growing up <laughs> and, and, and not having the same rules that um, a lot of my friends had. You know, it was, um, it was study, um, you know, eat, sleep, wake up and study some more. <laughs> and so um, I was very athletic and sports came into the picture later on, but my dad, he stressed, you know, education, education. And um, from there, I played sports, excelled, and had an opportunity to go to a lot of schools, but I didn't do well on the standardized tests. And so the day of signing day, um, all my scholarships were taken away, taken off the table. So I had to figure out what was next. What was it? What was that like? I mean, you know, I know, I know the, the, and, and, you know, these things, these little, uh, you know, kind of moments in our lives are so impactful. I think we, we, we ultimately can, can learn to to build on them, but you know, I know at least for today, I know, especially today, I'm sure it was like that for you kids getting offers and, you know, kind of having that dream and then seeing these offers and knowing that, you know, academics plays a part in it. You actually, you know, were one of those kids who had a good academic discipline. You'd learned to study and you'd been studying, but there was this one part, you know, that wasn't there for you, which was those standardized, standardized, standardized tests. And, and ultimately that caused, you know, what could have been one path for you to reach your dream to become 
a different path for you to reach your dream. And I think, you know, I, I like to say the man on top of the mountain or woman does not get dropped off by a helicopter. And, you know, tell us a little bit about, you know, what that, how that affected you to know that, you know, what you'd been working for and studying, you know, was now not the, the path that, that was going to be laid out for you and these offers were going to evaporate. And, and how, did that, how did that affect you? And, and what did you do with that information at that young age, Prince? And so, you know, I was really, I, I would say I was blessed um, just coming into this life, this, this lifetime. Uh, and the reason why is because I had a, a great supporting cast. My, my family just always been there uh, and, and my, my, my foundation. And um, so growing up, I was very sheltered. And as I mentioned, I, I grew up in Mississippi. And so a lot, of, a lot of the things that happened in Mississippi, I was oblivious to, you know, I was kind of naive, uh, which was really a good thing. Because uh, there was a lot of uh, racism, right? You know, in Mississippi. Sure. <laughs> but, yeah. But I, I, I rarely experienced it because it was an unfamiliar. It was very unfamiliar to me, and you know, I would always go home. I mean, go somewhere and then make sure that I come back home. Um. So, so growing up, uh, not getting a scholarship, uh, it was embarrassing, you know, um, because I was all academic in high school, you know, all, all athlete in high school as well. And all of a sudden uh, I had to take the standardized test and I'm sitting there and I'm like, this is too long. <laughs> right. <laughs> and most of the information on there, I don't remember. I just remember being in the classroom, studying some information, retaining the information to be able to regurgitate it on the test, score the highest grade on the test. Hmm. Uh, there we go. Now on to football practice. Right. And so uh, very embarrassing for me because I didn't I didn't sign and everyone knew that I was going to sign. Had offers from Michigan State, Michigan, Tulane, Purdue, Colgate, Brown, uh, Stanford, uh, um, El pa Texas, El Paso, just so many schools. And um, when that opportunity came and went, it was like, man, well, what's next? So I had an opportunity to go to North Texas and get a partial scholarship, but I turned that down because um, I had a little bit too much fun. And that was my first time, I was 17 years old and I and I, I got drunk. And I just remember saying, God, if you get me out of this, I'll never do it again. <laughs> and I never did it again. <laughs> you kept your word to God. I know, I know, I know having, having been in recovery now for 13 years, I made a lot of promises to God. I kept breaking. And, and so, <laughs> and so he kept, he kept give, delivering me a few more lessons in my life until I kept my promises to him. So yeah, I, mean, I know, I'm, I know that story that morning you woke up down there and you said, you know, this, and, and you associated with that experience of being there and what you did. And, and you said, you know, if I'm going to wake up and, and make this promise, I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm going to go somewhere else. And so at that time, uh, I remember waking up the next morning and I had to go down and meet the coaches. And I was still in my room, still recovering. And so one of the coaches came and knocked on my door. So I finally came downstairs. And, uh, you know, afterwards, I just remember being in a meeting and just saying, I'm not going here. Uh, but I said that internally. I didn't say that out loud. I said it right. to myself. And so as we are going home, uh, my parents, they, they, they were divorced at this time. So my parents, my dad drove up and I, um, I think I drove up with my dad and I drove home with my mom. And so my mom and I, we were in the car and I told her, I was like, Ma, I don't, I don't want to go here. 
Um, I don't want to be here. I got drunk the other night and I did not like that. I didn't like how I felt. You know, I don't, I don't want to stay in Texas. I want to get away. I want to get from underneath your wings, your, you and my dad wings. You know, I want to grow up. I want to mature, but this is not the place where I want to mature. And so she told me, baby, I support, you know, your decision. So I, but I live with my dad. So now <laughs> I go home and I have to tell my dad, you know, my decision. So, uh, you know, it was, I was very strategic about it because my dad is, it was, I feared my dad. Right. <laughs> but I loved him at the same time and I yeah, respected him. Right. And, and so I waited till he went to sleep. He was in a, he was in a deep coma <laughs> to let him know, to share the information with him. And it was in the middle of the night. He was snoring extremely loud and it was pitch dark in the house. And I just walked into his, um, into his room and I was counting down like one, two, three, dad. And, you know, I finally um, blurted out dad. And he's like, yes. And I told him and he cursed me a new a-hole, you know, and from there, um, he told me, you know, nothing in life is free, you know, not even coffee, not even water. Uh, and he said, um, he said, you, you, you know, what's your plan B? And I'm just like, well, I don't have a plan B. He was just like, and, and I was like, maybe go to community college. He was like, no, hell no, no son of mine will be going to community college. You know, so, uh, from there, I didn't, I really didn't have a plan. You know, I just went back and I just prayed just, just like, well, if something happens, it happens. And from there, um, luckily, as I said, as I mentioned before, just out, out of nowhere, the, 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 the coach from Georgia tech, his first year, his name, the recruiting coach, his name was Lance Thompson. Um, uh, he came to recruit another player, a defensive player. Just the Georgia Tech's first year. I never knew anything about Georgia Tech. I was like, Georgia Tech, what is that? <laughs> so <laughs> so he came and my head coach told him, he said, Hey man, we got a diamond in the rough. He said, We've got a this kid is good, great grades, didn't do one on the on the standardized tests until after the signing day. Um, so you know, he had all these schools offer him, said, um, you know, want to check him out and see. So the coach said, Well, let me see film on him. He saw one film on me where I ran an 80 yard touchdown after I ran someone over and jumped over my fullback. And he was just like, let me meet the kid. So at that time I was out at track practice and I was doing handstands from the crow position, like in like what they do in yoga. So I was just doing handstands from there and going back down and doing upside down pushups. And so he came and spoke to me and he's like, you know what Georgia Tech is? And I was just like, in the state of Atlanta, <laughs> just super naive, not really understanding, very green. And um, eventually he gave me a card and he told me, to, you know, like, uh, let's see, let's see what we can do. So I visited Georgia Tech, had a chance to speak to the coaches, um, hopefully, you know, in, in, in hopes of getting a, a scholarship uh, if I do good on and off the field. But the only caveat is uh, I need to get accepted to Georgia Tech. So the beautiful thing was I had great grades and I had to write a, um, a, an, an essay, a letter, an acceptance letter. And I never ever in my mind thought that I needed to write a letter to, to go to school, right? Yeah. <laughs> Cause I was an athlete and um, in three days I had to put one together. So I put one together and I got accepted to Georgia Tech. So from there, that, that, was, that was my road. You know, it, it wasn't an ideal role, but uh, it also it, it gave me, it fueled me to have a chip on my shoulder 
to be able to commit to what I envision myself to be, you know, and, and all academic, all uh, conference uh, running back at Georgia Tech and starting running back at Georgia Tech. And um, little do you know, you know, when you ask for something, you will receive it, but you have to be prepared, whatever may come your way. And so uh, that's how my story began at Georgia Tech. And that was my transition from high school to college. And, 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 you know, look, I think a lot of people, and I, I you know, I, I think a lot of people have issues with difficult conversations. I imagine I'm, I just was envisioning you walking into your, your dad's room. And again, that combination of love and respect and, and then getting those words up, but your dad was, your dad was right. Nothing is free. And, and you went from, you know, I mean, because you could see for a, a young man in high school, partial scholarship sounds good, but, but it wasn't congruent with the way you wanted to live. You had a bunch of ideas that, that, you know, I don't think at the time we're so self-aware. I mean, I'm sure as you got into your book uh, and writing uh, mindfulness for uh, the ultimate athlete, you look back at your self-awareness then you didn't, but you could trust your gut. You know, there was something connecting you to this decision and your intention was to do something wholesome, you know, and I think as you study mindfulness, these wholesome choices, yes. you know, when you, when I always say that we have these two dials, right? There's our beliefs and our behaviors. And for me, a lot of times I wanted people to believe a th certain thing about me, but my behaviors, I was, I was more like you, you know, at that, at that recruiting trip. And, and I kind of kept living that way. And so what I kept getting out of life seemed like I didn't deserve it or it wasn't what I wanted, but I was the one who was living unwholesome. So you made this wholesome choice based on values that you might not have developed yet, but you knew they were consistent with where you wanted to go. And that's when you can trust the universe. That's when the universe has abundance for you. So it was, I don't want this life. I want to leave my, the, the, you know, the kind of the underpinning of being at my parents, you know, Hest, and I want to become an adult. So you're, I think it's important for people to understand that. And, and maybe you can, as, as you've grown now, speak to that a little bit about those wholesome choices and, and about that, that wisdom that comes from being wholesome. Yeah, man, that's beautiful that you say that because, um, uh, I was, I was putting up a quote, um, you know, the reason why I shout, uh, boastfully, uh, meditation practice meditation meditate 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 you know whether whether people have this preconceived notion of meditation as a religion or it belongs to uh buddhism or shikism or whatever other religion that they associate meditation with uh, the reason why i say that is because um the quote that i have is the reason why i say meditate is not because i'm looking to be holier than thou it's because I'm, it, it makes me whole. Wow. It makes me whole as a person. And when you have the wholeness, you find peace, you know, within yourself. And, and so when you mentioned wholesome, I realized that I've always been on this path, you know, to, to, to find myself. And like when, when I, when I go back and I look at, all of my old notebooks that I journaled in and how I was talking about meditation and how I would watch all of these Kung Fu movies and these cartoons and, and see people, you know, channeling their inner chi and, 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 and Bruce Lee talking about be like water, you know, yeah. it, it, it resonated with me like to the core. And I would, I would see it in the form of a cartoon and so when we look at cartoons, we see them as something that's fictitious. Uh, and I saw it as, as like, I don't, I'm not seeing the cartoon, you know, I'm seeing the message 
behind the cartoon and it kept resonating with me. And every time it would resonate with me, I would keep following that same feeling. You know, I have that tingling feeling, all that immense tingling feeling at the crown of my head. And it just, ding, you know, and just run through my whole body. And I'm just like, that's it. That's, that's, that's the way, that's the way. And I've always listened to my intuition. And, and that is what made me wholesome in, in my process and in my walk. So, you know, this is the reason why I, I encourage people to practice meditation because, you know, we've normalized so much toxicity, you know, in our lives that, you know, I was just like, I don't give a F anymore. You know, like, I'm just going to keep screaming it out because uh, it has saved my life and it has made me whole and the person that I am today. So uh, I love that you mentioned wholesome and that's my uh, definition of it. Yeah, I I love that, and you know we 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 share a, a common influence. You know, I know George was George Mumford was instrumental in you. You know, kind of inspiring for you to write your book, which you know I think is helping so many people. And he he really for me he was my my kind of teacher to, to meditation because I always had and, and we'll just segue into meditation for a second because I think people at least I did I you know I had this judgment even around meditation and, and it was like I'm not doing it right or what is it and, you know I'm not levitating I can't quiet my thoughts and he was like no, 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 dude. It's not about quieting your thoughts. It's about realizing that your thoughts are wandering and just bring yourself back to wherever it is you want your attention to be like working out a muscle. There's no doing it wrong. It's like, it's the one thing you can't judge. And he always, he always quotes Dr. Dre, you know, I got my mind on my money and my money on my mind. He goes, that's meditation. It's wherever your mind is, <laughs> wherever you, and it, but it freed me up. You know, and I think that's one of the things why I so appreciate people like yourselves. Um, and, and now, and now my ability to be able to normalize meditation you know, because we're so apt to, you know, kind of judge ourselves and, and think about who we're not when there's these paths of, of kind of self-awareness and self-improvement come about and people hear the word meditation, they think of, you know, pillows on the ground, incense, and some of that stuff is true. But really, if you just get quiet for a second and be mindful of your thoughts and whether it's awareness of breath or any of the other things, it gives you a, an ability to be whole again like you just said so perfectly and so i'm glad we're i'm glad we're talking about meditation because i think it is a pathway to wholesomeness and it's a pathway to self-awareness and and so i think you know the more people know about it you know the better the more we know the better we do and so hopefully you know you and i can continue and george and others that are sharing that because i know we're going to get into how that served you but i just i just couldn't lose that opportunity to see you know and let people know because you know if i'm you know when i was out drinking and, and doing drugs, you know, I couldn't affirm or meditate my, you know, you can't, you can't have these conflicts, your body, you know, the, the, the spirit knows that you're out of alignment. And, and so, you know, you can't affirm, because I, because I would say, you know, I, I couldn't pass the look in the mirror test. And I think that's, you know, what I appreciate about you at a young man was that you knew where you wanted to go, and how you wanted to get there. And those I think are, are two important things that I think served you well as, as we'll get into some of the things that happened to you. Um, because you had a successful career at, at, at Georgia Tech. I mean, you were one of the leading rushers there. I mean, a, maybe third or fourth all-time leading rusher there at Georgia Tech. You had a good, very good, strong collegiate career as a, as a running back in, uh, at Georgia Tech. Yeah, yeah, I did. I I was a walk-on. Started off as a walk-on, so I was started off at number five on the depth chart to number seventh, and from there, I never forget the the offensive coordinator at the time. He was one of the coaches that was in the room for my initial visit at Georgia Tech, 
And uh, at the time it was Coach O'Leary, George O'Leary, who, man, that, that, that individual, he was, he's a tough, tough individual. You know, really good guy. Um, I saw him some years later and he congratulated me, you know, on like a job well done. He was, and he remembered me like 20 years later, well, probably like 15 years later. I'm just like, yeah, you still remember me? He's like, yeah. He said, man, he said, you from Houston, Texas. And you know, he went down the whole list and he was just like, man, I want to tell you, great job. I was like, wow, from Coach O'Leary, you know. Um, but George O'Leary was there. Uh, um, Bill O'Brien and uh, Lance Thompson were in the room. And so um, Lance and George O'Leary left. And Bill O'Brien, he became the offensive coordinator at Georgia Tech. And so he had told me, you know, I was number seven on the depth chart. And he told me on paper, he said, my chances of playing at Georgia Tech are one in a million. And my chances of playing uh, in the NFL are one in a billion. So he was right, right? <laughs> he was right. So you're saying I got a chance. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Because I always say that, I'm just like, Jim Carrey, dumb and dumb. And so you're telling me I got a chance, right? And so uh, that that's that's uh, how it was. It wasn't as comical because uh, he was definitely wasn't, uh, he wasn't in favor of, of, of me. Uh, uh, yeah, just, just playing at Georgia Tech. You know, he, he, he literally told me that I sucked and that um, I wouldn't amount to, to much, you know, if it, and if he, if he wanted me to, uh, he can call some of his buddies up at Brown University to see if he can get me in, but I'll never step a foot on the Georgia Tech field unless I play special teams, but not at running back. And so, um, you know, it, that, that was the, my my moment of, of of truth, having to look within the mirror and 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 remember that I had told myself that this was my dream when I first walked on Georgia Tech campus. And this is what I was going to do. I was going to be the starting running back at Georgia Tech, and I was going to be all academic, right? So, uh, you you have to be mindful of what you ask for, because there are going to be situations in your life that's going to either help fuel you or help deter you away from your goal or your dream. And so, after he told me that, uh, I had a there was like a walk of shame leaving his office, and also. Uh, uh, rage, anger. Yeah. Right. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm I'm 18, 19 years old. And the only thing that I was saying to myself is just like, why would you talk to me like this? Like, I never did anything to you. You know, you never gave me a playbook. You, I've always been at a disadvantage. I had to borrow playbooks from the quarterbacks from one of the, one of the third string quarterbacks, um, just to learn the plays. And so, uh, you know, when he spoke to me in this condescending and be ready manner, and I went outside and I just sat at the bus stop and I just remember tears, a tear came down my face, not a lot of tears, but just a tear came down my face at the bus stop. And this was during spring break and it seemed like the, 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 uh, the campus was desolate. Um, the buses, they, they went double time, meaning they would come every 15 minutes. Now they came every 30 minutes. And so no bus was coming. I was sitting at the bus stop alone with just my backpack and one of the coaches drove by and he was just like, hey man, I'm sorry, keep your head up, P. Uh, Cause he said, you have what everybody doesn't have. He said, that's heart. So he said, keep your head up and keep your head in it, man. You're gonna get your opportunity. And he drove on by and I just remember looking at the sky, just like, God, what, what did I do wrong? And the, the, the words that came out of my mouth was, 
I'm not gonna let anybody steal my dream away from me. It's my motherfucking dream. And I strapped on my backpacks and I took off running to the other side of campus. Tears streaming down my face. Then I stopped, went upstairs, took off my backpack, put on my workout clothes and I started working out for the next three hours until I passed out. And um, from there, I was, he just fueled me, you know, to, to become the best version, best running back at Georgia Tech. And so in the morning times for the next three and a half months, I would run to workouts every single morning. My teammates would drive by in the car and I would just, just turn down the offer. And I'm just like, I said, yeah, workouts. And after workouts, I would run back to the other side of campus, which is about like 1.5 miles, you know, from the athletic center to the dorm room. And um, I just kept that up. And I, um, uh, and I, I didn't allow for someone to tell me what they thought I was going to be. I allowed for myself to remind myself what I said I was going to be. And that was my envision. That's, that isn't, that's, Man, I mean, I have to tell you the the you know we have an inner critic, and, and sometimes you know I have a I have a, a pen here, and I'll, I'll send you one because it says on it my life, my pen, and you know for me, Prince, I gave the pen to the story of my life to those coaches, to my dad, to a lot of people that kept writing in the pages of my life, telling me what I was going to become, and and unfortunately, I kept reading those pages, and I did become what they told me to to be that I would become until 2008 was when I finally picked this pen up. I was 42 years old before I picked up the pen. But what I envision you, I mean, if, 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 if that 18 year old version of you was sitting on that, you had this pen strongly in your hand and you said, coach is not going to write on the pages of my life. Coach is not going to write the story of Prince Daniels Jr. Prince Daniel Jr.'s is going to write the story of his life. And I don't know where it's going to go, but I'm not going to live the life he told me I would live, man. I just, you know, I think for everybody listening to anybody who may want to steal your dreams from you that you hold firmly on that pen. Yeah. So, so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm just drawn to that because of the courage that, it, that, that, that took because, you know, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to lose sight of the fact that look, everybody, you didn't have to go get the playbooks. You know, we could be a victim. I mean, everything that we get in life is a function of our, if you want to overcome something in your life, you have a bunch of choices. You know, it's like I was working with a young quarterback and he was, he made a commitment to read seven days, right? Prince. And, and he said, well, I went down to see my quarterback coach and I was with my granddad. So I forgot my book and I couldn't read. And I said, Oh, really? So there's no Barnes and Noble in orange County. You know, it's like if you, but, but we don't teach people to think that way. It's like, we're only limited you know, nothing is impossible. And, and, you know, you spend all this money on DoorDash or you spend all this money on Grubhub, but you can't download a book because you said you'd read for seven days. But that's the power of, you know, our perception of what we control. And we have a lot more control. And, and it's the same thing with you telling those guys, drive on by, man, I've, I've got to work out. Or I need a playbook and you're not giving me one. I can either be a victim of that and go, oh, no playbook for me. I guess I'm just going to have to kind of do the bet. Or I'm going to figure out a way to get my, a playbook so I can get my reps in. And, and I think the power of choice is, is important. And that was not lost on me because that's what I encourage people to really do is to, is to look at empowering choices. And you made a bunch of them in that, in that path and it served you well, right? It served me well, served me very well. And, you know, uh, it makes me proud of, of my accomplishments. Uh, you know, my, my, and it, I earned the respect of everybody, right? I like without, without trying, I was just being myself. I was being 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 that individual that 
someone told me that I couldn't do something and I literally lost my mind to find myself because I would have my headphones on and have a football in my hand and be running around campus and everyone's just like, who is that? And it's like, oh, that's PJ Daniels. He, you know, he's a, the, uh, um, a, the running back here. It's like, man, I want to come here because of him. Like whatever he's doing, I want to do that. You know, and I ne never knew that I had that much influence on my teammates, but I, I, I had, I became in the mind frame of like Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, just worked so hard that there are no, that, that you leave no room for doubt, for a chance. You know, it's just, I'm going to work so hard that once I get my opportunity, I'm never gonna look back. Never gonna look back. And 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 that's that's what I did. You know, I just followed my heart. I followed my my intuition, my spirit. Uh, because your spirit never guides you in the wrong direction. You know, I, I, we we just suppress it because we 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 enjoy the worldly things, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. But you, you need to find your balance and your rhythm because uh, that that you know everything in moderation. And so, but when it's excessive, then we, we, we don't get a chance to listen to our true self. And so, um, you know, um, uh, I was happy, you know, growing up as a, being a sheltered child, because it, it helped, it helped mold me into listening to myself, to understanding like, Hey, there's, there's so much more to life. So let's go explore. Right. And, 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 um, and don't, you know, and, and me, not just being a, a a a black a black person a black male, you know, but I was the guy that would go hang out with the Asian kids and the Hispanics and and the you know other races because I wanted to bring everybody together. It wasn't about let me go hang out with my own kind, um, you know. But I hung out with everyone, and when everyone I would bring everyone together, you know, like just invite them to my house and and cook some cook some food and. Like we all get a chance to know know each other, and so, uh, so I became like that. That that was that was my way of socializing with everyone, just bringing everyone together, uh, and that way we all have a good time. And then you know everyone can let their guard down and realize like we're all the same. Um, and so that was that was always been you know my goal. Like I just had this this harder goal, just like, and and I always had a smile on my face no matter what because I was enjoying life. You know, but things things started to become a struggle for me. You know, um, um, once once you go to another level, you know, because there are different levels in life. And so, as I graduated to another level, um, from college to the NFL, to, to you know a different ball game, and uh, I, you know, I, I'm I just kind of segue into that. <laughs> yeah, but but I but it, but it's an important segue. And I just you just you just brought to my heart a quote by Ralph Waldo Emerson, and I you know. He says, who you are, speaks so loudly, I can't hear a word you're saying. You know, how you show up, how you act in this world. You know, you have a lot of people that, and I taught, you know, I used to, I used to want people to see me a certain way. You know, I'm a good dad because I coach my kids, or I'm a good husband because I provide, you know, but I'm living in this life that was incongruent, and so inside, I never, you know, 
I wanted you to hear who I was, but who I was being was so much louder that it ended up rotting me from the inside. And what you just described, I think, and, and it's where I am today through self-awareness and, and, and a lot of inner work is, you know, that congruency because who you were spoke so loudly. You, you said you weren't doing it boastfully. You were, that was your true essence. You were who you were spoke so loudly that, that you didn't, you didn't need to, to tell anybody who you were because who you were showed up every day, the way you treated people, your sense of inclusion, your sense of hard work, your, your effort, your dedication, your commitment to yourself. Because I think what I will, what I'll, I'll just say for, for myself is you said you earned the respect of other people, but I think the person who respected you the most was you. When I see, when I hear somebody truly look in this camera and say those words, I'm proud of myself because I couldn't do that for a lot of years. When you can finally do that, man, you can say, I was proud of me. The respect that comes from everybody else, that doesn't fuel you. It's who you were that, that fueled you. And, and we'll talk about these setbacks because, you know, I think I often introduce people to the most resilient person they're ever going to need to know, and it's actually themselves. And, and so you did, you did, you know, continue to meet some adversity, but you had yourself to go along with you and so what was that like for for, for you and and i and, and i hope i hope you you uh you can hear that that who you are speaks so loudly prince daniels jr that, that i can't hear a word you're saying man oh thank you thank you this is um, this is incredible this is an incredible interview i just want to let you know that um um so when it when it came to adversity uh i was faced with so much adversity you know in college i was just like wow i've overcome adversity you know this is the the peak right and so now it's on to the next chapter and to the nfl yeah I get drafted to the, uh, the baltimore ravens and i'm like oh this is where i you know like make my mark and um you know my, my career with the ravens was was short-lived uh three years and but but it was an incredible three years because as I mentioned, you know, as you said, right, um, I, I respected myself, but I also earned the respect of these these high caliber players, these individuals. We had the number one defense uh, in the NFL at the time, uh, and we had a great offense at the time as well. And these coaches and the whole staff, like I was focused, um, but my my career was hampered by injuries. And, um, and also, um, I needed a mentor because I, I, I was, I was different in my mindset and the way that I approached the game. And so the, the actual, the, the, I, should I say, I, I needed a more of a, you know, you, you need a coach, a mentor and a teacher. Yep. I, heard, yep. I heard, I heard Dave Metzler say that the other day, I think that's his name. Um, and I had a coach, uh, I had a teacher. Um, but the mentor, I, I didn't have a mentor. And so I was, um, trying to figure out, you know, what to do, uh, in, in, the, in the NFL and, and like, how do I act and what do I do? Uh, observe these other players. And I remember watching Jonathan Ogden, uh, he would, he would be reading books and not really engaging with other people. And so when I saw that, I was just like, what? That's what I need to do. So I'm going to start reading books, you know? So I started reading books. I started doing the things that everyone uh, was not doing, right? Because because I knew my mindset and I knew if I keep my mind sharp, the things that I can do uh, would blow others others' minds because I already had the work ethic and, and the confidence. It was just learning how to strengthen my mind as well as in like 
tuning my body to be able to respond to what my mind is saying, you know, telling it, telling it what to do. And so, um, you know, like I, I inhaled the, 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 the actual playbook, uh, after I, I became a student of the game, you know, uh, one day, you know, I, I was practicing meditation, but I wasn't fully committed to it until my second year. But, um, you know, during my rookie year, uh, I started, um, I started doing little exercises and I started um, studying a playbook more after my coach had chewed me out, you know, coach Brian Billick. And he had saw something in me. He was just like, you know, like you have it, but he didn't say it in that manner. He was just like, what the fuck are you doing? PJ? You, you know, you effing up, man. It's like, how you going to run with the ones if you can't even get the plays, you know, against the twos. And all I heard was like, run with the ones like what? So you know, I went home and I studied, studied, I overstudied. And just one day out of the blue, like everything started pouring into me. I was like, oh, oh, I know what to do here. I know what to do here. You can only run to the left so, so much, to the right. These schemes, this throwing, passing, protection, the game started to slow down for me. And I was in meetings answering questions effortlessly that other players had to answer for their position. So I just be like, oh, seven man turn back protection. And I'd be like, oops, you know, just blurting things out. And so they would kick me out of the meetings. And um, <laughs> so, it, you know, then I would go into the defensive room and just like, what else can I learn? So I started realizing, you know, my, my ability and my potential. And uh, uh, when it was time for me to display all of these skills that I've, I've started to hone in, uh, uh, I would get injured. And it was, I was just like, what's going on? So uh, for me, that was like a, an emotional breakdown uh, in, in, my, in my game plan. And from there, uh, I had a, the next, you know, I had to fight again to, to get into my position and, and get to where I, where I wanted to be. And so instead of learning how to gear it down and then turn it on, I, it was, I was just on because I was just angry because I wasn't able to contribute and I needed a mentor to help me, you know, uh, massage my, 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 my way of thinking and, and help me with my emotional intelligence and how I was processing things uh, because I thought everyone was against me. And so when I, when I felt like everyone was against me, I started going into this phase of like uh, of anger and threats and, and like just wanting to hurt people. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm already in a violent sport, but like, uh, it exasperated, you know, my, my, my thought process exasperated the way that I, I, I wanted to approach it. And I wanted every, like, as you mentioned, I wanted everybody to see, you know, like I, I'm serious about this. I'm so serious about this. I don't mind killing you and I don't mind killing myself. You know, that was my thought process. And that was like the first st stage to like, you know, um, depression. Um, so, uh, my career ended, I, I had an injury. It wasn't career ending injury, but, um, after being injured consecutive years, uh, um, you know, on paper, it looks like I was injury prone. And uh, when I did get my next opportunity, when I was, I was in shock once I was released from the Ravens, uh, that they wasn't going to tenure me for another year. So I really did, did my, my reaction was don't do anything at all. And so when I did get my next opportunity, I wasn't prepared. And um, then I started working harder after I, I wasn't prepared 
and another and the next opportunity never came. So from there, I'm just working blindly and extremely hard and with with, with nothing uh, in return, with no results, nothing, you know. So I started firing my agent, then trying to get another one. And then it went to a point where they was just like they consider me as a street uh, athlete and they don't take uh, these agents don't take people off the streets. Right. And, and, and represent them. So I just found myself in a conundrum. So now it's just like, man, after working out for one whole year and no phone calls, uh, um, you know, that that's when the self-identity crisis hit me hard. It's just like, well, who am I? Right. And then from who am I? Like, what, 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 what like, why am I working out like this? Like, you know, I, I could be using my brain more. Like, why, why am I doing this to myself? And then it went from that to like, like, dang, you let yourself down. You let your family down. Like, you lost your job. Like, you, like who are you? Like, you're you embarrassed. You back at home now? You know, this wasn't the way that your story is supposed to be written. You know, you were supposed to be one of the number, number one running backs in the NFL. Like you have all the skills, you develop all the skills. You went from a four, four or five to a four, two in six weeks. Uh, you, 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 they, they, they switch you to new positions as well from, you know, that well they added new positions for you from running back to playing wide receiver now and, and doing a little H backs, you know, so now they see your skill level. So now you are filling a position for two to three people. So now the, the coaches that can get rid of these people because of you, because of your contribution, because of you being a utility player, you know, so I had all this in my head and wow, and it just boom, just went away. You know, they even uh, like on, on my, my third year, they offered me um, a contract, you know, like, and I haven't even played a down. All right. But they just saw the progression and, and the spirit of like, no one can stop me when I put all this together. You know, the, the mental part came of understanding the game, having high IQ for the game. And then I was able to bring the physical part together. And I was just like, wow, I could do so much more. And they just saw the confidence level. I was at, I was operating at a level of supreme confidence. And once the opportunity went away, that's when everything hit. And it was like a snowball effect, like boom, boom, boom. And from there, like the depression hit so hard that I did not know what to do. I knew it was coming because I could feel it because it seemed like it was nothing that I could do. It's like, oh, like uh, like you, when you know you're about to fall and just like, ah, 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 just, just, you know, surrender to the fall. That's what I was doing. And I was trying, I was pushing everybody that I loved away from me because I knew that this was going to happen and I was going to be in a, in a, in a really dark place. Um, so um, yeah, that's, 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 that's how it happened. And then from there, um, wow. you know, that's a dark, that's a dark spot. I mean, and I can't help, but, but, but look back and, and at some point, you know, it, it felt like, and as you were talking about it, Prince, it felt like you lost yourself a little bit. It felt like you, you, you got caught up in something. I don't know how to describe it. And I know you'll probably with your awareness today, be able to look back and describe it, but you know, cause that, that violent anger, that rage, that kind of that wasn't the fuel that I heard in at Georgia Tech what I heard at Georgia Tech was I'm going to prove my dream to me I'm not going to let somebody else dictate my dream and I know the things that I got to do to do it has to do with me not everybody else but something turned in you a little bit like I, I think 
you know, in, in, in mindfulness and, and sometimes in, in Buddhist, they, they talk about the hindrances that you started to get that anger, that victim that, uh, you know, I got something to prove and I'm going to now I'm going to ram it down your throat as opposed to just going inside and being my best self. It, it just seemed like there was a, a loss of your truth. That heart you talked about seemed like a little bit that, that you lost it for a little while there. Is that accurate? That's super accurate. You know, and that's why I needed a mentor. Yeah. Right. Because my emotional intelligence was just out of whack. And and when I'm 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 in the the big man's world, I'm in a business now. Right. When at first I had love for the game in college, but then once you go into the business side of things, um, there are not many mentors there. They're coaches and they're teachers, and you can learn from yourself. You can become your own teacher. You know, but the mentor side of things where someone's able to see like, oh, okay, you just need just a little bit of mentor and a little direction and you're going to be incredible uh, because the, the the heart was still there. The yeah. tenacity, the focus was there. It was just, it wasn't directed in, in the manner of like, hey, this is what you need to do. You need to stop doing that. You need to, you know, just, just stay focused on this and I guarantee you it'll work, it'll work out. And, and my my cousin, um, uh, my cousin who was the quarterback at the time, Steve McNair, Steve McNair. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, he talked to me and he told me he's like, "You're gonna be all right." He's like, "You're gonna be all right, because you know." And and you know, um, um, shortly after that, you know, he passed, and and I'm just like, "Dang, what you know, like, what's next? What's you know, like, what's going on?" Uh, I was just trying to figure out things, just trying to handle it all and, and juggle it. And and I didn't really have anybody to come in and say, hey, you don't have to juggle everything. Just fine. You know what you're good at and balance that and then you know, take it from there. You know, just take it easy. It's OK to slow down. It's OK to gear it down. You don't have to go so hard every single day. Uh, you know, and that's what that was the mindset, you know, just power through everything. And that's why in my book, I talk about mastering the balance between power and peace. Because I was trying to be, you know, Mr. Power, and and yeah. and that created that that caused destruction in my life, you know. And, but once once you find your peace, you become extremely powerful. But we're not taught that; we're taught the total opposite, right? And so um, it was later on in my life when I found the peace. But um, for me, man, um, after being let go and and just and sitting with my own thoughts and all my thoughts were debilitating, you know, I was like, okay, I don't want to deal with this no more. I'm ready to just end it all and just kill myself. And so I put together a three day uh, plan for my demise. And um, afterwards, um, on, on, on the last day, I called seven people, exactly seven people. And it wasn't in a plan, but I was just like, I'm just gonna call these individuals. And the first six people, they didn't tell me anything that I wanted to hear. I was just listening to them. And I remember I called one of my teammates and when I called him, it, it, it jolts me out of my, my depression. Right. But then when he, when, when, when the conversation was very short, I was like, Oh man, what happened? You know, then I went back to being depressed again. Um, Cause he was just like, man, it's so great to hear you voice, man. You know, I love you, bro. I got to go to practice. Oh yeah. And, and he was, he was in a place where I wanted to be, where I was longing to be, right? I was still thinking about something in the past, 
and I was in the present moment. And he didn't know that I had suicidal thoughts, you know, ideation all day long, um, you know, and I was attempting to commit suicide. And so the seventh individual that I called was um, because I, I, I went to the mon monastery and I went to the monastery my second year going into the league. And, and the reason why is because I was ready to zen out and separate myself from the competition. I wanted to be the, the elite of the elite. And that was my, my, my initial reason to go into the monastery. Cause you know, all of the movies that I mentioned earlier, like, this is what I want to do. I was like, I'm going to hone in and I'm going to show people that I'm one of the greatest running backs. And uh, luckily, you know, to, uh, it was on purpose, which is a beautiful thing uh, because after football was over, I still had this cantankerous energy. I still had this volatile energy and mindset. And you cannot just go out into public, you know, once you're a professional athlete to being a civilian and uh, replicate, you know, some of the actions that you committed on the football field or that platform, because there'll be consequences yeah. and you'll find yourself in jail. And so I had to figure out a way how to channel all of this energy, you know, this, this, this energy, this cantankerous energy and, and learn how to let my ego go. And that was like very difficult. Uh, and that was a difficult process for me. So I called the seventh individual and all seven people did not say what I wanted to hear. And I don't even know what I wanted to hear. Right. But the seventh person, you know, said to me, after I, I opened up, because I knew this is my, my my last lifeline, and I opened up and I said, I lost my I lost my job, I lost my woman, I lost my car, I lost this, you know, and I'm losing my mind, and and I, I I'm I don't want to be here anymore, and I'm tired of this, you know, I'm tired of feeling how I'm feeling, like I feel sick right now, and I just want to I'm, I'm a, I say I want to kill myself. I say, matter of fact, I'm going to kill myself. And that's how the conversation went. And after I said, I'm going to kill myself, it was a pause. And he said, are you done? And at that moment, <laughs> I, I felt myself exhale like, huh? You just minimize every single thing that I just said. You know, even though I, 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 I created drama, right? He just minimized everything I said and just like meditate you get what you are you get what you pay for meditate and hung up the phone and i was like oh i'm about to lose it i'm, <laughs> I'm about to go and kill myself you know and the crazy thing was i had already set up my gun and my, put my bullets in it and this was the let this was day three and i prepped myself for day one and day two of how i was going to do it I was pulling the trigger on myself, putting a gun underneath my chin, pulling the trigger on myself, and then embodying that feeling. Like, this is this is cool, and this is what I'm going to do, and this is what I'm going to commit to. You know, I've committed to so many other things in my life. Like, this is how I'm going to commit to this. And as I'm going into my room, to my right is my closet is where it, uh, I, I set up everything, and that's where my bathroom is. So my closet is, is behind my bathroom. And to my left is my meditation area, you know, where I sit and meditate. And man, Charlie, I look to my left and I see my meditation pillow and there's a little light beaming on my damn meditation pillow. And 
because when, once I got off the phone, I was just like, how the fuck is meditation going to save me in this crisis? That That's I'm, right. That, that I'm in. Like, what the fuck? You know, like, why did I call him? <laughs> you know, see, the thing was, he didn't tell me what I wanted to hear, but he disrupted my thought process. And he said he, he he injected meditation. I'm just like, what is meditation going to do? Like, how does this help? I was like, this, this, I don't see how this is going to help me at all. But you know what? I was just like, okay. I'm going to go and do this. I'm going to commit to one hour of doing this. And if nothing happens, I'm going to shoot my, I'm going to blow my head off. And I just remember like my eyes watering up. And I went and I went and sat down and I chose sitting down on the meditation pillow. And so when I sat down, I, this was the, the, the one meditation where so much happened. I, and, and I learned so much about myself through this one particular meditation. One, my posture. I could not maintain my posture. I was slouching to the left, to the right, you know, forward, backwards. Everything in my body was aching. And what that told me was that I wasn't able to support my own self. And also that I was in pain. I was aching. So I could hear my thoughts. You're not enough. You embarrass yourself. Like, man, you lost your job. Like, you, you embarrass your family. Like, who are you? Like, you're dumb. Just all of these things running through my mind and and I started sweating, you know, just I'm I'm fighting. I'm 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 just fighting with myself. I didn't like myself. I couldn't stand myself. Oh I, I committed to something and um it fell through and I wasn't able to to carry out that commitment. And so uh but the one thing that I did do, I kept telling myself, because it was a part of me saying, get up, just get the fuck up and just, just go and do it. But it was another part of me that said, I committed to one hour. You sit here for this whole hour. And if something happens, then, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll be a believer. But if nothing happens, let's go end this right now. So I'm struggling. Yeah. And, and around... 40 minutes, everything in my body starts to hurt. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm just like, man, get up, just get up. And I'm fighting through the pain. I'm sweating. I'm just like, man, why do I even have my legs in this, this crisscross position? <laughs> like, I got these big thighs. Like, what am I doing to myself? I'm trying to torture myself, right? Uh, and 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 I never forget. I open my eyes. And I remember sweat dripped in my, my, my face and I looked at my timer and it said 50, it was 57 minutes had passed. So it was three more minutes left. And I was just like, shit, you know, this, all this pain. And I remember taking a huge inhale. I'm just like, just, just let it go. And, um, and from that moment, I had been struggling with with my with my posture uh, and my legs crossed, and at that moment, my whole body went limp. After I took that last inhale, and my knees, the outside of my knees, hit the ground like boop. And when it touched the ground, the energy from inside of my body just shot into my head, and it was just like. Phew. And I remember saying to myself, like, "Man, where am I? Like, shit, why is it quiet in here?" 
why is it so quiet in here? And there were three questions that my higher self had asked me, right? And it was just the same question. What are you doing? I mean, yo, what are you doing? I was just like, I'm about to kill myself. And that was the energy. And that was, that was the action that I had. And I, and, I, and I asked the same question again. I was just like, I'm about to do it, right? And what I realized that it was a correlation between the first two days of my planning, of my demise, the, the preparation. And then the third day, the third time they asked me the same question, my answer slowed down. It was like, I'm about to kill myself. What? And then the timer went off like ding, ding, ding. And it sucked me out of that space just like that, that quick. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. right? And then tears start coming down my face. And I was like, what was that? I was like, what? What was that? What, what was that? Like, how, like, like what, what was that? Like that was outside of me. Like what what was that? You know, so I my you know tears streamed on my face, and I'm just like, whatever that was, I want that for the rest of my life. Like I want that, like, like that touched me. That, that you, you know, for the first time I saw me. Right. And I was just like, that's it, that's it, that's it. And I never thought about harming myself from that moment, Charlie. And I was just like, I was like, this is it. And, and that's when I knew, like, there's something to this meditation that's far beyond that our minds can fathom. And ever since then, I just became a student <laughs> of life and meditation. It, and it literally saved your life, dude. I mean, I'm, you know, you can see I'm, I'm emotional. I mean, I, I, have, I have some history with, with sibling suicide, and I know the effects of people taking their life and your story just hit me so hard. And Man, you said that no one was telling you what you wanted to hear, but I got to tell you that seventh phone call told you everything you needed to hear because, you know, when when I I kind of envisioned those two rooms and those two opportunities, and if you didn't hear meditation, I don't know that you see that light. I don't know that you see that room, you know. And so, thank God for that dude, uh, whoever that was, because man, I, we needed to hear meditation, and 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 you got inside yourself, and that was the beginning, and. And yeah, what you wanted to hear is you're going to get the girl back. You know, the team's going to watch you. You know, what you wanted to hear was. <laughs> That's what I wanted to hear. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Like, you don't worry. You're going to prevail. Everything's going to be all right. It's going to change tomorrow by next week. Just have faith. And that is, I heard total opposite. You know, like, I didn't hear any of that. Everyone was just saying, oh, it's going to be all right. You know, one of my, I call my professor. He was just like, oh, don't worry about it. You're good. How old are you right now? It's like 26, 27. You know, he was just like, oh, man. He said, I, you know, I, I filed for bankruptcy at 33. And I was just like, what the fuck? I'm like, why are you telling me this? <laughs> but he didn't know my condition and my situation. And, and you know, so like that seventh phone call was, was the... The the Herod Master Monk at the at the monastery. So I didn't know who else to call. Yeah, and and you found what you needed. And this is what's so important to 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 this podcast, to this episode, and to and to the life you and I live. Everything you had needed to survive this obstacle in your life was inside of you. Everything you needed was right there at your knees, at your fingertips, in your vibration. Everything you needed was you just needed to take a second to find it to take a second and find it. And we don't do that because we are so conditioned 
and enamored to the rat race or to just maintaining pace, keeping up with the Joneses, doing what the next person does. Monkey see, monkey do. Like, this is the way to go. And we're afraid to go against the grain. Yeah, and your thoughts had become so ruminated. I mean, your your thoughts, I mean, I, I, I can hear it because I can see it because I've been in that, you know, that kind of rumination before where it doesn't seem, you know, that negative, that critic's like just dumping it on, right? It's like expansion theory says what we focus on expands. So it's like, you tell me you're not good enough and I'm going to show you all the reasons why you're not good enough. <laughs> Stuff you didn't even think about, the girl in high school and everything. You're going to get it all right now, man. If you want to open this book, I got plenty to share with you. And so it, it defies logic that we'll sit down and get quiet to try and quiet that inner critic and, and, and that, the, that the peace, the calm is actually the way out. It seems counterintuitive. It's like, I need more noise. I want a distraction, right? I mean, I think that's right. kind of what you and I and most people were trained is, you know, whether it's drugs or alcohol or football or anger, or, you know, we want a distraction. We don't want to get quiet and go within, but that's right. really where the answer is. Is that right? That is so right. That is 100% right. That is so accurate. That is quantum physically accurate. <laughs> Oh wow! I got to tell you, man. I'm 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 just gonna I'm gonna thank God for this day and thank God for that call and 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 you know, when I see that smile on your face, Prince, when I see that heart that lives inside of you, and and I see what you're doing today, man, the way out is through. That's, oof, the way out is through. That's so that's so right, Charlie. So right. <laughs> the way out is through. <laughs> well, and I think one of the things that 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 as we get into this, Prince is. That last phone call is where you really dumped it all. I mean, you yeah. really, you really gave. You were very clear. I'm not, I'm not just in a bad place. I'm not just depressed. I'm, I'm like, yeah. man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get honest with somebody, and I'm going to tell them how bad it really is. And I think, you know, I think in in terms of messages for people that are suffering, you know, become vulnerable. Please tell somebody what's really going on. We don't need to be imposters. We don't need to wear a mask. You know, and right. and when you do. You know, you'll be you'll you'll get an answer. You really will. Right. Oh, right. Well, I mean, you have the remedy to <laughs> to all of this, um, and and I do as well. You know, through my story, um, but it's because we experienced it, we lived through it, and so we we live to 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 speak about it to help people, other people heal, and um, I think that's incredible. So I love that you that you are aware of your gift and that you're present because just you being present is a gift in itself. So thank you so much for that. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and so we're, you know, I want to get now into it because, you know, obviously you've, you've, you've turned things completely around. I mean, that, 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 that plan, that failed plan was one of the best failed plans I've ever fucking read about, because I got to tell you what you're doing today is incredible. And so can you talk a little bit of, because I know it wasn't, I mean, I know, you didn't walk out of that room and all that was gone, but you walked out of that room a different man and decided to do different things. And what were some of the things and, and what are the things that you would recommend in terms of routine and practices that really helped you stay on the path to going from the darkest place one could imagine of, of, of suicide uh, to a to such a purposeful and thriving life? What a, what's that what's that path been like for you? What's what's some of the kind of principles that you've built into your your routine now that you and 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 the principles that you you're so kind to teach other people man oh that's that's a great question uh again this is one of the best <laughs> best interviews that i've ever had um and it was uh it was the, maintaining that practice you know committing to maintaining that practice i said that i that, that is something that i want to chase for the rest of my life right or or just be 
in the presence emerge with that that light uh that that moment of clarity that moment of peace and so my, my activity was just be consistent and 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 practicing my meditation like every day like that's something that i do like I, I i never stop doing like the more you do it the more you realize like this is this is the way this is it like just continue to keep doing this and you will you will come into alignment with everything that you've ever imagined and um so i do that i make sure you know I, i'm constantly drinking water uh um and the reason why that's so important because water is a healing element and that's right. um you know all the way down to your cellular level to the molecular level right and and we have a a, a strong impact on on the way that um our water is consumed whether you know if we have negative vibes we're going to have some negative water but if we have positive vibes that's going to impact the water that we drink and so that's the reason why I drink water and and just remembering to be flexible you know my meditation creates my anchor uh for the day and for life but uh when you think of of an anchor you think of a a ship it's the first thing that comes to mind and so when you think about when a ship drops its anchor uh underwater the anchor doesn't stake the ship in the ground um you know the anchor you know connects with the ground but it it doesn't stop the ship from floating right yeah and, that's so true and and so throughout our day we are constantly hit with waves of negativity and 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 waves of of just adversity and so you know the ship has to continue to float even though that is anchored but it doesn't move it's not moved right but it's it's constantly floating and so you have to be able to float and flow throughout your day and so just being flexible with yourself not being so hard on yourself loving yourself uh because if you don't love you first how do you expect to get love to other people like the reason why there's so many divorce rates is because you get into a divorce not knowing who you are first and foremost you know because the minute when when there's a reflection of you and you're like oh I don't like that person you 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 become a victim and then you blame the other person like I'm getting out of here I'm leaving because you don't know you don't know yourself you don't know who you are but really what they're saying is that's me I don't know who I am you know but I'm going to put the blame on you and I'm going to walk away from this I'm going to feel I'm going to feel so much better about myself because it's you you're a toxic right and and um and and, it's, and the reason why is because we haven't had a chance to spend time with ourselves so um once you spend time with yourself then it's easy for you to spend time with other people if you have money and someone asks ask you for money and you have the money to give to them you will give to them in the most generous way possible but if someone asks you for money and you don't have any money you're going to feel bad for not being able to give them money so now you've now you've now you've created your own problems because you're feeling bad about not being able to give someone someone else some money so the only way that you'll be able to give some money is if you have some money yourself so that way you don't lose your happiness but you feel grateful for being able to give something because you could be on the other end of the stick so if people keep that same mindset 
and understand you got to give yourself love first before you can love someone else, then this world will be some, you know, a better place. And these are a lot of the things that I do consistently, you know, so that's why I smile so big. I smile from the heart, you know, because it's my spirit that people uh, connect with. And I realize that we're spiritual beings having a human experience. And so when I learn how to tap into my inner spirit, which is our in spirit, it's the root word. Those two words are the root words for inspiration. So I use my in spirit to inspire other spiritual people. You know, so when I speak to people, I make sure that, I, uh, you know, when I, when I speak to people, a lot of things that I say go over their head, but it wasn't intended for their mind. It was intended for their heart, which is where ah. the, which is where the, 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 it's the, the heart is the house of the soul. The heart is the house of the spirit, right? So I'm constantly speaking to your spirit. And that's because I want you to feel what I'm saying, not, you know, hear it and then try to process it and then be like, oh, okay, well, that's his opinion. No, because I'm not giving my opinion. If that's the case, then I need to stop talking because, you know, what they say, opinions are like assholes. So who gives us? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we all got one and no one gives us. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. So, you know, um, I make sure that, you know, I understand that words are very powerful um, and, um, and the words that we use can either uh, hinder someone or, or help them enrich their lives. And so um, just make sure that I, positivity, you know, it, it draws me and I'm inspired by me, to be completely honest. Someone asked me the other day, like, who are you inspired by? I was like, me. <laughs> I said, that's and right. The, and and, the and reason, that's right. Yes. You know, and the reason why is because I've had, I spent enough time to see how incredible I am, right? <laughs> and I was just like, wow, this is me. This is who I am. But you have to kind of create that space so you can see yourself. Because when 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 you are this close to something, how can you see anything else? All you can see is is you know what's in your view outside of you, you know. But once you create space where you can see yourself from like a third person view, it's like, hey, wow, that's a cool individual. Or like, wow, that's what this is what God made us to be. And it's like, wow, like I'm, I'm doing these things. I'm, I'm, I'm looking to enrich people's lives. I'm looking to enrich athletes' lives so they don't have to go through the same thing that I went through. I'm making sure that I make an impact on people when I meet them, but remind people that, um, that there is something inside of you that you have not tapped into. But the minute you tap into it, you'll realize, wow, I, there's a light inside of me. Wow, I have energy. You know, wow, I'm tapping into my inner G, my I-N-N-E-R, capital G, my inner good, my inner genius, my inner God, my inner goddess, my inner greatness, and my inner GPS, the thing that will not allow, you know, it'll, it'll navigate you throughout life, you know, whenever you get lost. And so, uh Man, just it, it, I just—it's been a blessing to be able to be a part of a monastery, go live at a monastery, and learn this, you know. And I, I would go to the monastery and go into in the library, and just pull out books from like the 1600s and read them, and see what they were talking about meditation and contemplation, and I would just sit there and cry, because I'm like, I'm reading this like. <laughs> I'm reading this, like I'm storing this information. I'm channeling this energy, this information from the 1600s into 
my present life. Like, wow, like this, this is, this is a gift. This is amazing. And I, so much gratitude was in that, which allowed for me to embody it and just be like, you know what? This is, this is me. This is who I am. This is the life that I'm living at this moment in time. So living to the, 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 the wholesome part of it and to the fullness of it and, and, and make an impact, you know, I'm not looking to make an impact, uh, um, uh, in, in an egotistical way, I'm looking to make an impact in a way to, you know, um, to help, um, uh, uh, to, to, to make sure that we realize like our true power, right. And it comes from our, our peace. Again, meditation doesn't just because I practice meditation and I spent, and I spent time at a monastery and uh, people call me half, half human, half monk. Doesn't mean that I'm holier than thou. It just makes me whole. That's and right. With me being whole, I find peace. And when I find peace, like it's like I have true power. And now it's like, all right, now that I have this power, like you guys, you got it too. Let me show you the way. And 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 that's my walk. And that's that's what's in my heart. And that's what I live every single day. And I just remind people, like, you are incredible. Like, but stop telling yourself that you're not. Wow. I gotta tell you that. I'll just I'll I'll, I'll 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 wrap up with who you are. Speak so so loudly I can't hear words you say. Man, you you've you've changed lives. You know I I feel so privileged to have shared this story with you, man. And and yeah, you know, listen, get some anchoring statements, folks. You know, some things that you can believe about yourself when the storm comes. Get some anchor anchoring anchoring mindset ideas. You know, things you'll tell yourself when that inner critic churns up. You know, be where your feet are. You know, just look down and say, I'm here. I'm, I'm right here right now. Get some anchoring visualization things you can do. I love that you talked about the power of, of anchoring ourselves. And you're right. When we see the inner resources we need and, and the fact that we have everything that we need right inside of us, I mean, sure, you you actually were. You did play at Georgia. You were one in a million. And you did play in the, the NFL. You are one in a billion. But actually, you're one, man. There ain't, there's no other Prince Daniels Jr. and there is no other Charlie Smith. And we just got to be the best version of ourselves every day. Um, and, and when we do that, you know, there's a light that, that we don't need to turn. the We don't have to turn the light up or down. It's just there. It's just there. Yeah, man. This is, well, I got a big overcome out loud bear hug waiting to give you when we can finally see each other down there. And, and I just, you know, again, from the bottom of my heart, Prince, I, I it's, beyond what I could have imagined getting to spend time with you. Thank you for your courage, your vulnerability, and for, for overcoming out loud. Uh, and thank you for this opportunity. I'm so grateful. Like, thank you for being you. You know, I, I was excited, but now I'm elated. Yeah. <laughs> Just to talk to you. Like, but man, thank you for uh, this platform, um, your heart, your spirit, uh, your presence. You know, it is a gift. And, and, and just seeing, seeing your light and being able to, to, to share that and spread that with other individuals as well. So we can all, um, you know, heal each other with, with spreading our light, um, around the world. Yeah. I hope we, I hope we can do something together and, and, uh, you know, can you just real quick, can you, um, I know everyone's going to want to be able to connect with you. Can you just give people and, and we'll put it in the show notes, but you know, how people can find you, um, you know, connect with you where, where, what your platform is so people can continue to hear your inspiring message and, and be part of what you're doing, especially with your game beyond the game program, which I'm a big fan yes. of. Most definitely. Uh, thank you. Uh, most definitely. You can find me at Prince Daniels, uh, and you can also find me on social media. You can also find all my social media stuff on my website, 
but um, Prince Daniels, uh, uh, Daniel, PrinceDanielsJR.com. I'm also on Instagram at PrinceADJR. Um, I have a podcast called The Prince Daniels Jr. Show, where just I, I speak to incredible individuals, but also um, have monologues where I just talk about life and just talk about things that, that are on my mind and, and how to be able to create a different vantage point um, in life to see things completely different. So that way uh, um, you can use higher level thought, thoughts to overcome your situation. And, uh, and I talk about my, you know, my, my course that I have is called Unlocking Your Peak Performance. Uh, and and uh, I think that's pretty much it. Like find me on YouTube. I'm doing some stuff on YouTube as Great. well. Great, yeah. And, and my book, Mindfulness for the Ultimate Athlete, Mastering the Balance Between Power and Peace, you can find it on Amazon.com. Uh, uh, yeah, and so, yeah, I'm just here to just continue to keep spreading love and um, spreading positivity. But uh, not really doing that, but just being my, by just being myself. That's know? it. And, 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 um, I just enjoy being me. I really do. I really do. And, uh, first I used to be apologetic about it, but now I'm just like, so unapologetic. I'm just like, <laughs> just be you and, and the inspiration, you know, it comes, uh, uh, you know, it's funny. My, my wife was always like, huh? How do you do this? Like, how do you commit to like getting up every single morning? Like, we went to bed at three o'clock last night watching TV. Just like, it's like, oh, it's just in me, you know. Just get up and and do it. I said, no matter what I do, I still have to clean my slate. Yeah. Uh, and and create space for me because, uh, yeah, it's a new day. The sun just just rose, but um, I if, after I practice meditation, I feel energized. So like, how can I not go back to that? You know, like it gives me my energy. That is my natural coffee, caffeine, whatever you want to call it, my tea, you know, like, it just wakes me up and I'm just like, all right, all right. Uh, all right, I didn't know I didn't get that much sleep, but I just, just did some meditation. Still, let's go ahead and operate and do what we need to do. Whenever I get an opportunity, I can go and rest uh, and take a nap, right? But, um, you know, for the most part, um, you can find me on all these platforms and. That's awesome. You know, I, I was going to, I was going to, I was going to end, but I, I hope you'll take one more second because you, you've brought it up so much and I know people struggle. Could you, could you give people kind of, and, and, and I know you've got lots of content about it, but just a little intro, just to your perspective for people that may struggle with, with, with meditation that may not understand, you know, the concept of meditating, you know, if you could just maybe take before we wrap up just a second to put some people at ease and, and help people understand a little bit how that practice works and, and how someone could start who feels intimidated as, as I was, you know, having these images of needing to go to a monastery or needing these higher, you know, experiences, but it's really, you know, as, as you found out on, on that, that fateful day, it's, it's not, it's not about any of that. It's about just connecting. So maybe uh, if you don't mind, Prince, could you just kind of just give kind of the people that may, not understand or be intimidated by the concept of meditation, just your, your introductory kind of insight into how someone could get started with a meditation practice, man. Absolutely. Thanks. Absolutely. Uh, so meditation is not a religion. It's not a philosophy. It's not a, a, a religion doctrine. So uh, it's not a change of your lifestyle as well. Um, so first and foremost, just understand that because once you understand that, then you understand what it is. 
Second, it's a practice that allows you to access a high level of focus, awareness, compassion, kindness, concentration, uh, all of the above. And this exists in every single individual in the world at all times. It doesn't cost you any money to close your eyes. The next thing is the whole notion of clearing your mind. If you clear your mind, that means you're dead. (laughs) (laughs) So get that out of your head that you have to clear your mind because you don't. There's no way that you can clear your mind when you've been conditioned to think up until this point in your life. When you practice your meditation, it's about observation of the self, right? Our natural self is to observe. When we're kids, we come into this world, we observe our parents and how to act and how to talk and walk and and do these things. And so when you learn how to sit and close your eyes, you observe your behavior. You observe what your thoughts are, what you've been influenced by. And once you come to the realization of this is this is me, you know what? This is not how I envision myself to be. This is not what I want. The minute you realize what you don't want, you realize what you do want. And that right there creates a level of awareness that allows for you to follow the path of your envision, which I say EV and not your television which is your TV, which is telling you a vision of what you think you should be. So the last thing with meditation, when you really sit and practice meditation over and over again, you're refining your heart you're 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 refining your ability to love yourself to enjoy yourself and to realize that how you were made you were made perfectly in this divine order of the universe and it may be like grandiose right when i explain that but think of it on the micro level like just learning how to accept yourself for who you are whether you are are healthy or not healthy. Just appreciating that one simple thing allows for you to be able to live life a little bit more effortlessly. And that's a gift in itself. Wow. And there and there we go, folks. Um, Prince, man, it's like I said, it's been a pleasure. That was that was exactly what what the doctor ordered. And in, in, in terms of meditation, I think people get a lot out of that and not be intimidated. Thank you for clarifying it's you know it's about observing those thoughts and and not getting rid of them because we are humans and we just be aware of what's going on and and not try to control it and and not judge it so uh our lives are better today for this man and 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 uh and we'll look forward to catching up with you really soon thank you so much charlie thank you sir 